Hello and welcome to Latest Night We Stand Podcasting Association with Betfred. Betfred opened the first shop in Salford in 1967 and currently sponsor the United We Stand podcast. We are back at Old Trafford ahead of the fourth round Carabao Cup tie against Vincent Company's Burnley. We're going to catch up um, with the lads pre and post match as whilst it's been the World Cup there's plenty to catch up in, in the world of Manchester United including the exit of a club legend in Cristiano Ronaldo. We're also going to chat with a lifelong Burnley fan, Andrew Greaves, who has kindly given up some time to speak to us about Burnley's exciting start to life in the Championship as, and get his thoughts on tonight's game and a prediction. With me, I've got Stu Edwards and Anthony Bloom after a bit of a break. How, how, how have you been, Lance? Did you enjoy the World Cup? Yeah, um, pleasantly surprised. A lot of good matches, uh, obviously... Lots of shocks early on, um, but capped off with, uh, well, I was going to say a really good final, but after about 60 minutes anyway, uh, really memorable final after obviously the game got going, going in the second half. So yeah, nice break. I was here three weeks ago for the women's game, but uh, good to be back to watch the, the you know, the first team, the, the, the guys tonight against Burnley. Blumo. Yeah, it was like Stu said, it was a, it was a quite an exciting World Cup really. The, um, People shots. say that, but I don't know what matches you've been watching because everyone I've watched was nil-nil at half time. Well, a lot. <laughs> the ones that I saw were actually entertaining. I, I try ignore it. The ones in the day, I was mainly at work, so yeah, I didn't yeah. see a lot of the shit ones in the uh, earlier in the day. But I think the ones at night turned out to be the better games. Right, so, I mean, three days since the World Cup finished and we've got Burnley at home in um, a pretty important match for us, I'd say, because we've, you know, we can't be turning our nose up at trophies. Um, the mood I've got today is that a lot of people are concerned, but I don't really understand that. Where do you stand on it? Yeah, it's a strange one, obviously, because obviously no one's really sure who's back and when, how long they've been back and who's fit and who's not fit. Obviously, we know the players who didn't go to the World Cup and we know the ones, uh, like obviously, the likes of Luke Shaw, who, you know, ended the World Cup 10 days, two weeks ago, whenever it was. But you never really know, um, you know, at what level, you know, the players are going, going into this busy Christmas period. Um, and I think I said on my last podcast a month or so ago, it is a really important game, this. And it was always going to be important, regardless, you know, of what, what team we're going to put out. Because, you know, realistically, you know, it's one of two cups we, we, we want to win. You know, we've got a tough tough draw in the FA Cup now against Everton in, in a couple of weeks. But the League Cup, you know, you've got to start somewhere. And that's what Solskjaer didn't uh, manage to do, unfortunately, did he, in his time. We got to, you know, a few semi-finals and all the rest of it and, we, and, we, and the final. But we didn't actually put a, a, a you know a pot in, in the trophy cabinet. So tonight is really, really important. And it's important for the, the lads on the fringe as well, the ones who have stayed back and the ones who weren't involved in the, in the World Cup. So it's important for them to, you know, to state a bit of a claim going into the second half of the season. Yeah, we want to see something from them. Believe me, where do you stand? Are you being soft or... No, I'm not being uh, Burnley a championship team, we should be running over them. I did notice what you said this morning. I saw, the, I saw some of the comments. There's a lot of worried people. I mean, yeah, like, there's enough there that have, that have had like 10 days, nearly two weeks off now. I think even some of the Brazilian lads are up for it, like from what I've seen from there what they've put out so I'm not overly concerned to be honest we should have enough really to get through but like Stu said it's a massive it's the number one target for us I reckon 
so yeah. forgetting you know getting back on the trophy trail really and this is the fourth round for a place in the quarter final I mean then we're three three games from Wembley is it two legged semi final so yeah, yeah I think it's gonna they're gonna come very thick and fast aren't they I presume I'm not even checked I think the finals the end of February as, as it normally is so the, the, the games are gonna come very quickly again obviously you know especially if, if, if you progress in the FA Cup uh, and then obviously the European kicks back in in February as well so it is gonna be a pretty crazy eight weeks once we get into 2023 yeah, lots of games and lots of fixtures that have been moved, and I mean three, three eight o'clock kickoffs over Christmas is, is a, yeah. you know that that's rubbish for the match going fan into. Yeah, it's what we're used to it now, aren't we? So you're not you're never surprised anymore when you, you know, and you get a notification saying another game's been changed to a fucking eleven p.m. kickoff on a Tuesday night or whatever because it's just any time suits now. And uh, we were talking coming down and Bournemouth come here, don't we, next yeah. week? And you know how, how shits that oh, over. You've got over a feel for them like we've seen the car. They're in they're in Newcastle last night. Yeah. It's just mental. It's it's not on. It really isn't. That I mean, you game can start to understand the cup ones a bit more, but I mean yeah. a league match like Forest, eight PM on the twenty seventh, yeah, and that's not even fact, on telly. It's just yeah. the fact that I accept the cup yeah. match, but they've yeah. got that and then they've got us yeah, yeah. on the on the third. It's straight after pretty much. It's it is mental. Yeah, because really. City don't play boxing day either, do they? Or uh, or, or away. Yeah. Uh, so I can only presume that the Forest eight o'clock is for is for the global market. I think it is, and I'm not entirely sure the full reasons behind it being moved. I'm sure there'll be somebody that does know, but I think um, the Forest game is not actually on TV. So on the 27th at 8 pm, we're playing. Yeah. On the 3rd of Jan at 8 pm, we're playing. And on the Friday night against Everton in the FA Cup, yeah. we're playing. So mm. it's a bit, it, you know, it does take the shine off Christmas a bit, that really, because, you know. I shouldn't moan about coming to the match, but it, when it, when it's so unnecessarily 8 p.m., you know, it's a bit shit over Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, can't um, sort of escape the podcast without talking um, about the fallout from Ronaldo's uh, interview with Piers Morgan and, you know, how he left Old Trafford. Where, where do you, you know, obviously we're looking forward now. Um, how are we going to replace him? And secondly, you know, where does that leave him in terms of United supporters and their thoughts on him? It was coming, wasn't it? We, we knew it was coming for a long, long time. And, and the facts, we all, you know, it's easy to say study now, but it was premeditated. Yeah. The, t- the timing was absolutely spot he, on. He found the perfect opening there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a bit of a sham, really. And, you know... I mean, the likes of you know people my age when we saw Ronaldo the first time round. You know, I remember that with great fondness. You know, Moscow in the final. You know, one of the greatest days ever. You know, underground as the scenes and stuff like that. You know, which will live you know long in my memory. But more recently, it's, it, was, it was for the kids really. His return. It should never have happened. You know, the younger generation. You know, the Zooey and all that business. It's uh, it got a bit of a circus, didn't it? Um, so it was it was a, it was going to happen, uh, and obviously he's made it happen. He's forced it to happen yeah. because of things that weren't going his own way uh, here at Old Trafford. And you say that though, but I mean his motivations. You know, as far as I know, he could have left for summer in the summer if he would have foregone his wages. So what were his motivations behind it? Because he's lost his wages, and you know he's not got a club, and you know he could he could have been playing. A, a decent role for United, as you know, off the bench, um, maybe sometimes, and starting in the Europa League games and Carling Cups, Carabao Cups, maybe. So, I don't understand his motivations. Is it a, a big, you know, fuck you on the way out, or is it, you know, what, what, what why is he, why has he done that? Because the only thing it's doing is undermining us. You don't know what he's thinking, do you? I mean, it's like I said, he had the perfect opportunity. And so he, had, he actually had one or two, maybe, if you believe the, yeah. the stories that maybe would have gone for him if he'd lowered his wages, for a, for example. Yeah. And now he's gone out with no wages 
and one club may have been Saudi Arabia after him. Yeah. So it's yeah, he clearly thought yeah. he was <coughs> he was able to play every minute of every game, and that's that's a problem. And I know it must be you know it must be the most awful feeling in the world when you come to the end of your football career. You know when you've played 15, 20 years, especially at his level. We know obviously he's a winner. We know he's you know looked after himself and you know fitness and all the rest of it. And it must be really horrible to you know to not play every minute. Uh, but it gets to the point with everybody. So that clearly was an issue. And Tenag obviously made that clear that you know he, he wasn't able to to play him in every minute of every game and it affected the team massively and in terms of what Tenag wants to do with the team going going forward yeah definitely um, anyway let's get a score prediction for tonight uh, two each who's winning on penalties oh, fuck knows I'm going to say 2-0 United I'm going 2-0 as well believe me you know we'll, um, we'll get rid of the pessimists here yeah, yeah. I'll speak to you in five hours no we'll have, we'll have a chat out after the game anyway cheers lads with me I've got Andrew Greaves who's a Burnley fan um, Andrew how long have you supported Burnley for? Uh, 32 years now bloody hell what year is that? I'm trying to work 1990. it out 1990 4th division to Premier League then, yeah. then down one God, you've seen a lot in that time then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose we should start with, um, at the end of last season, you know, I worried for Burnley, a lot of players out of contracts, um, but it's been quite some turnaround on it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely unbelievable, yeah, to yeah. be fair. I mean, just looking at kind of what we expected, in terms of managers to come in, knowing that we'd lose a lot of players, we're in debt, not a lot of money. To get someone like company, I think I tweeted in April, like, Pay should just go out and get company. Because I genuinely thought he'd want a project. He's come in, I mean, top of championship. It's just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and I, you know, when I saw him going there, I thought that's a bit of a strange job for him to take because surely, you know, there may be easier jobs um, with him going down and losing all the players. But has that worked in his favour because he's been able to bring his own players in? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the players, the quality of the players he's brought in for the money, yeah. you kind of look at Dyche, and I love Dyche, and that nine years, you kind of go, he just want a trusted journeyman. And suddenly, company's gone out, he's bought all these young lads from Belgian leagues, City Academy, and he's just... It's, it, they might have, they might have all gone yeah. pop and it had gone really badly, but it hadn't done. And you're kind of waiting for that kind of something's going to go wrong, but it just doesn't. See, you know, on Saturday we were we were one nil down. Never at any point did I think we wouldn't win that game. Tonight's a different story, but tonight's that litmus test really. It's a brilliant test of where we're at in terms of Premier you know Premier League and you know we look good for this for Championship. I think we'd have all accepted top six, top eight. This is beyond his wildest dreams, really. So you mentioned there about players from City's Academy, um, you know, well-known at the moment. Who, how many have you got from there and who are the players that have impressed you most? I mean, we've got um, Harwood Bellis on loan, but then we've got uh, C.J. Egan, Riley and Murich who have come through that academy. So they obviously play the way Pep plays, they play the way company wants to play. Um, I mean, for me, the player of the season is uh, Jordan Bayer, who we got from Wolfsburg on loan, you know. Young German centre-half, 22, 23. You couldn't imagine him coming in in the last 10 years on the dash, you know what I mean? Benson, say, Zarouri's been to the World Cup, not played much, played it third, fourth place playoff. He's missing tonight because he's in Morocco meeting the King and things, but just for me, it's that kind of play we've cried out for, that kind of, you know, that's, you know the likes of Watford and Norwich, Sheffield United, they always pick up these players from constant. We didn't because it were like it weren't Dyche's way. Nothing wrong with that, it did well. But it's just that kind of 
it's a new brand of football, it's a new brand of player, and it's it's got excited again after. Yeah, nine quite years. quite a turnaround in style, definitely. So you mentioned in the style, um, I do like lower league football, but I'm a bit ignorant to it. Tell us, you know, you mentioned the comparisons with, you know, the passing style of um, Guardiola, high pressing. Is that is that what it is? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's domination with possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And we might not see it tonight because it is what it is. It's a cup game. United, you know, we know they're a good side, but it's that. We want to dominate teams through possession, and at the start of the season, we we're getting 70 odd percent possession, getting a draw. Now we've added that 70 odd 60 percent possession, we're creating chances. You know, we've created most chances in football league, most goals in football league. You know, 40 odd points. We always you know, understand turning going back, you know, 20 years. God said, he used to say, get to 40 points, we're safe, then we can build from there. 43 points, I think we've got now, you know, so we're safe, we're staying in championship. So it's 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 not quite city, obviously, because you're at a, a lower level, but it is possession football, it's quick. At times, you grumble a little bit, and this is the weird thing we grumble because we're not moving them all quick enough, but it's just grinding teams down. And really, in that division, there's us, the Sheffield United. There's Norwich, probably West Brom are going to come good. Uh, Middlesbrough we beat on Saturday probably will come good. I think the Championship's a poor league, so it's allowing us to do it. Whether we can then transition that into Premier League, if we get promoted, it's a big if still. That'll be the test. Your owners were talked about quite a lot last year. Well, that seems to have gone quiet on that front. I mean, how brave was that? And do you think they could, like, they knew what to expect with company, or was it just a bit of a shot in the dark? Uh, it's a weird one. I think I said in the pub earlier. I said, I think the owners, with the leverage buyout and the kind of everyone sucking the teeth in, going, "Ooh, hang on a minute," they borrowed a lot of money from the club to buy the club. They seem to have gone really well at the minute. Yeah. They seem to have kind of given us that. You know, everything he touches seems to turn out good. All these players we bought, Zarori could have been rubbish. Benson could have been rubbish. Vitinho, Brazilian right back at Burnley, could have been rubbish. <laughs> but all these players. And I think the one the one thing is company and I think they've done the research and they've gone, you know what, he's somebody who creates cultures of leadership and, and all this and I've I've been nothing but impressed with the way he's spoken, you know, the way he creates cultures and I think that culture, Craig Bellamy as well, we mentioned Craig Bellamy, never thought I'd ever see Craig Bellamy at Burnley, not as a coach. I think altogether, you only have to look at their Instagram posts, you know, the players are liking each other's Instagram posts. Ian Matson's going round on Christmas Eve delivering groceries and presents to 10 families in Burnley. You know, they've bought into what it is. And I think Burnley, as a club, and Dyche always, Sean Dyche used to talk about this, you've got to buy into that culture of what that town's about. You know what I mean? We all grew up there and we all say, you know what, Burnley's what it is. It's a two up, two down terrace town. Simple as that. I mean, we're at Old Trafford. You know, Old Trafford's one of my favourite grounds because of everything that's around it. Red brick terraces, Aki brick terraces. Company is just, he's got that culture. And I think that is, and I think, yeah, there's parts, it's a shot in the dark, it's a roll of the dice, see what we can do, big name. But I think there's, there's a little bit of, like, you know, whatever you call it, kind of a little bit of real kind of calculated risk behind that that kind of yeah and I think, I think the the advantages are not just more than his style uh, are more than his style as well because you know you look at um, his contacts in the world of football you know you've mentioned he's got some players from the Belgian league you know Manchester City's academy is probably the envy of pretty much everybody at the moment um, only really compared with Chelsea's um, so yeah I, I think um, with regards to that I, I mean you're almost probably in a position where you're glad you went down 
because it's enabled this 100%. transformation. Yeah. 100%. I think when you're in the Premier League for as long as you are at a club at our level, it, it gets stale yeah. and it needs, and like I say, I'm never going to slag Sean Dyson, but it needs a complete 180, 360 turn. Yeah, yeah. And company's done that. And I think, like I say, it's, you mentioned the fact that he's contact, but you mentioned, it's the fact he's a winner. You know, Dyche had all this kind of, you know, he had lots of quartz around the training ground and companies not touched any of them because it's all about hard work. You know, you're at Burnley, you can't do anything but work hard. And it's that kind of, we need a manager. You know, you bring in a Chris Wilder, you bring in a Steve Cooper, whoever it is, good managers, but they've not got that. They're not natural born winners. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's probably what United missed to a certain extent in terms of Solskjaer and Rangnick and things like that you've got to pick your manager as well and I think you've picked a good manager at United I think he's a brilliant manager I think he's a fantastic manager oh, believe me give us a mag sorry I'm just giving the, the man a mag here oh what, so, what an absolute star <laughs> there Thank you go you much. Cheers, yeah I, I suppose the key word there is innovation because you know you look at all the managers on the championship merry-go-round and you must be really delighted that you swerve one and you know you've seemingly fallen on your feet with that and that, that's great Andrew can I get a sports score prediction after you before you I think go? it's going to be 1-1 I think Burnley yeah. going to win on penalties that, it's not gonna, that's not going to that's not going to happen kinda, year, yeah. I think that's what's going to yeah. happen but no hey, absolute pleasure mate and thank you, hey, thank you. Cheers. Pleasure. thanks see you later cheers it's post-match after Manchester United have beat Burnley by two goals to nil. Um, pretty comfortable win. With me, I've got Stu Edwards and Anthony Bloom. Bloom, I'll come to you first. Look, you know, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it really. Considering they've uh, they look pretty sharp, considering they've had six weeks away from it, uh, a couple of decent performances. Thought a couple were a bit rusty, as, as expected. But what was put together really after after that tournament, it's, I thought they did okay, and uh, we were correct in the scoreline, weren't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got it right. Not not like these people shitting themselves about Burnley. <laughs> Stuart, yeah, I apologise. I said to each, um, yeah, Burnley. <coughs> I, obviously, I'm not seeing them this season. I didn't expect them to be much much clubber, but obviously, you just never know after you know the four week break we've had, etc. What team is going to put out potential banana skin? But it, in reality, it was it was quite a comfortable night. I think Tanai got the team pretty much spot on. Uh, you know, with Barnes up front, there's no real pace for it, I suppose. So you, you know, Lindelof with Casemiro, you know, Mr. Mr. Calm next to him. Um, you know, we were always going to do a good job, and that turned out to be the case, really. Yeah, was you surprised with the number of World Cup stars that were back in the lineup? Because you know we weren't actually missing many, was we? Only only the lads that played in the final. Yeah, no. So yeah, so obviously Bruno was back, um, Casemiro. Um, but we've, we've had t- ten days, two weeks, and I, and I suppose you don't. It's almost you, you probably want to carry on, don't you? It's, you know, going into the Christmas break, it's okay to go on holiday for two weeks, but then you're playing catch up again, aren't you? So you know, those two are you know are you. Your seasoned professionals, they are sort of like some of the older uh, guard now in, in, that, in that side, I suppose, leaders. Um, and, and you'd want them to come back and, and crack on, and that's what they've done, really. And they've both, both put in quite, you know, quite a decent performance. I think it's, it's a bit of a different situation with, with when the World Cup has been on. You're, you're literally in the middle of things, aren't you? Whereas if this was summertime, they'd, they'd, they'd obviously be going away for a couple of weeks now, but they're in the they're in the f- starting to get up and up again to the season. It's not that far in, really. So I think everyone should be okay ticking over, really. 
Yeah, you just mentioned Casemiro then, and I thought that was some performance out of position. He looked, he looked yeah. head and shoulders above everybody else on the field. Yeah, it? again, I'm sure it would be different against the likes of Haaland or you know, or someone with a bit of pace, maybe. Um, but you know, he's picked a team tonight to you know, to horses for courses, and with with Harvey, uh, what's he called? What's he called? First, first name? No, that's not Harvey no, Barnes. So he's called. Oh, Ashley Barnes. Ashley Barnes. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, Ashley yeah. Barnes up front, you know, he's never. <laughs> he, he's he's always been that, that same, you know. Same type of English centre forward. He's he's never got any pace. So, but yeah, Casemiro. He's still you know he's still out of position. You know, unfortunately, he didn't have himself to pass to, did he? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I sort of want to come on to that actually because you know I, when I was watching United today, you know, I saw some quite neat interchanges in midfield. But I did, and I, I don't want to go too hard on him. But I did yeah. think that. You know, Scott McTominay is playing at a different pace to a couple of them at the moment. He did look a little bit like an headless chicken again tonight, which was, yeah, yeah. So, again, a bit rusty maybe, not played, but, you know, you definitely see the difference from what Ericsson brings in there and, and obviously Casemiro more recently. Bloomy, do you think that's fair? I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't completely struck on him. I don't want to go... No, I don't, we don't, him, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want yeah. to pick, pick, yeah, pick on yeah. him, but I, I was, I've said the same, really, as you during the match, I thought... He looks a bit off it tonight, um, and obviously maybe being the main guy to win it back on his own, it was a bit too much. But yeah, I don't want to go too much into it. Really, it's it's one of them games, really, to be honest. Yeah. So I mean, with regards to the the forward line, um, Rashford played. I did want to talk about Rashford actually because I've seen him moved three times in the same match again. Yeah. And you know, whilst you know on the right hand side, he scored obviously scored a great goal. I personally think he's is is a better player on the left, but one thing I am absolutely sure on is that all of this moving him across the front line, you know, within game as well, it's not going to do him any good in the long run, is it? No. How many times have we talked about Marcus Rashford and, and where is his best position in the last two, three, four seasons? Uh, we, we can't, we can never answer it. But we, one thing for sure, it's not on the right. I know he scored a goal on the right tonight. If you could class it on the right, you know, a bit of trickery in the box and he smashed one hard and low. But apart from that, the first half was pretty much non-existent, really. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't do the same job. He's not as comfortable on the as as he is on the left. And obviously, with Ganacho playing, obviously, then he had to play on the right tonight. Um, but you know, he's he's never going to. We, we know in good seasons he'll get you 17, 18, 20 goals a season. But again, tonight, first half wasn't great. He came into it a bit more second half. And, you know, once you're 1-0 up and 2-0 up, obviously, a few party tricks came out. But you don't want to, you don't want to see him on the right. No, no it's, it's, it's always been a worry for me doing that with him. It's, he's 25 now. Exactly. He's had like four spot, managers yeah. changing him game by game, week by week. And... What is that going to do to you now? It's it, it just messes with feels you. Feels a bit mad that yeah. we're finding a yeah. negative in a game where he's you know he's he's ran for yeah, yards. Yeah, but, done well, but it's, it is yeah. a genuine concern because yeah. it can't keep going on. It's still a valid point. We're still obviously, especially with Ronaldo, you know Ronaldo gone now. Uh, we're obviously we're missing a number nine still. Of course we are. Uh, the only time obviously he will play on the left or centre forward is obviously if Anthony starts, then he would probably start on the left. And obviously. With the current squad, um, yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. Martial would probably start centre forward, but again, Martial can't really put five, or four or five games together. So, 
it is it is a worry and he shouldn't be moved around like that because for England predominantly I know he he has played a bit recently on the right but for, for England he has played on the left hasn't he yeah and another thing to pick up on as well is he's like when he set off on that run um, there was a, a very similar one in the first half where he started running and he stopped when he got to the Burnley defence um, I think Rashford's better as well when he doesn't think and he's very direct you know he bombs at them doesn't stop you know if he loses the ball you'd, you'd forgive him in that position but what I, I, I really don't like to see is when he sort of like gets to the defence yes. and stops. Yeah, yeah. again, we've spoke about over the, over the last few seasons, haven't we, in regards to his finishing. If he has time to think, then a lot of the time he, he either hits the keeper or he doesn't score. When he's got that split second to make a decision, that's when that's when he's at his best, I think. Sounds like a cliche, doesn't it? But he's Might definitely well training Rashford. Books. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is, and, and, and it is. And whether he plays centre forward or on the left, he's he's not going to get you more than twenty goals a season, and that would be his best season. And, and that's where we're at. We, you know, we are missing still a number nine. Yeah. So in terms of the performance, then do we have anything to worry about with our next few games? You know, we've got we've got an opportunity to climb the league. You'd say with Forest and Bournemouth. Yeah, as long as the Forest keeper doesn't come back and have a worldie, uh, which obviously can happen. Um, but you know, he's, he's, will, he can't he be, play. will he be able? Can't play. I don't think he'll be able. No, to he can't play, play against us, Anderson. Ah, right, okay. So that's good. They'll have someone pretty shit in. Yeah. So game. again, I've not seen Forest. Yeah. I think I've maybe seen them once, twice this season. But again, with the World Cup, pretty much all their team have been probably together, and they probably had a couple of friendlies and whatever. So again, it's a bit of the unknown. You know, next game's six days away now. Uh, so all, you know, for them players tonight, most of them have got you know seventy minutes plus under the belt. And yeah, of course, before the World Cup, you know, you'd expect us to go and beat Forest and Bournemouth, and maybe even Everton at home. So there's, there's, there's potential in the next two or three games to get a bit of momentum going into a very, very busy period, and before we, you know, play City yeah. mid-January. Yeah, I think there's a couple of teams around us as well that are playing each other, which is always yeah. a positive. Yeah, I think um, there is actually. Yeah. I think Newcastle got a few tough games coming up, um, mm. so hopefully we can start to, you know, climb above them. Yeah. But. I do, I think it's um, a pretty good opportunity for United when you look at the fixtures, you know. Forest, um, 27th, um, Wolves. Oh, I miss Wolves. Yeah, yeah. And then Bournemouth. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, Bournemouth, yeah. 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 and yeah. then obviously back to the FA Cup then. But yeah. it has, it's, um, I, I think this is a real good opportunity for United. Mm -hmm. And it's back in, it, you know, it reminds me of the old days, really. We used to sort of click into gear over Christmas, didn't we? So mm -hmm. hopefully we can get a bit of form going forward. Um, with regards to the um, second half of the season, um, you know, I think we're going to have to look at buying a striker out. We I watched Martial tonight. Um, didn't had a bit of a quiet game. Didn't do too bad, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't think I'd like to rely on him as much as we we may be doing. No, exactly. Um, when it, when he's on song, yeah, we know he's he's decent and he and he he will score. Uh, but it's it's just his his, his past track record, you know, injury and consistency. You know, very rarely do you get four or five games out of him, and then something happens. Or, like I said, it's, it's normally it's it's normally lack of consistency more than it is injury. But he's he is quite injury prone as well, isn't he? So it is a massive worry. But again, January, not a great time to bring anybody in. But it, w w could it be someone on loan? But again, the you know what, who's available? It's it's a million dollar question. Bloomer, you once um, famously linked us to Jordan Rhodes. You know, have you got any other <laughs> other names? <laughs> this was just this little. <laughs> thing years ago that he was doing all right at the time and I thought oh, you never know but no in, in all seriousness there's, they're gonna have to get one I think I think I know who they want as well um, but it's it's if they're giving the money really what so, do you mean uh, the, the Dutch lad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but 
So if they give him the money, really. But is he a proper striker? We don't know, do we? So yeah, I mean, I, d- I did watch the, the Holland games in the World Cup. Mm. Um, so I should have said the Netherlands games in the World Cup. And I, I wasn't completely struck on him because he doesn't seem like um, a complete striker, does he? He seems like one of these false sort of nines that Ten Hag has mm. played in the past at Ajax, you know, like your Tadic. Um, that sort of position, and I was—I'm a bit worried about that. And uh, yeah, and, and yeah. we've got—we've got two or three of them already, haven't we? We, we need an out-and-out striker, uh, and they are obviously very few and far between. Uh, I've harped on about Kane for a few years now. Maybe that boat sailed. I don't know. Um, but you know, and I know he plays deeper for England. But again, given given the service, I think he'd fit into the current United team very well. And I'm pretty sure he'd score 25 goals a season still. So if he was given like a hypothetical situation where you've got. A good striker available in the summer that you actually want, or somebody that's going to fill a gap. We, we, you know, what do, what do we do? Do what's we, he? Don't, don't, do you mean don't buy in January? Yeah, yeah. If what? if it means that we've got somebody, you know, lined up for the summer. I think I think you have to wait. I think you have to try and win the League Cup or the FA Cup maybe with his current squad. And and again, that would rely on obviously pretty much Rashford and Martial maybe, and you know, and some of us chipping in with goals. Uh, you know, you, you need a bit of luck to win any cup competition, uh, and obviously you don't want to drift too far in the league. You, you still want to finish, I don't know, 15 points maybe at most off whoever whoever wins the league, or you know whether that's City, or Liverpool, you know Newcastle are doing great as well. We need to close that gap certainly in the league. You don't want to, you don't want to go into next summer again being 30 points adrift of whoever wins the league, do you? So it is it is a very very tricky situation. But if it means holding off. Buying someone temporary for three or four months just you know, to come in in January, I think I'd do that and take a risk and get and get you your main man in June. I was quite surprised with how bold they were, like saying they don't want a sort of stopgap. Um, because, mm. yeah, don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd definitely want somebody better than Odion Agallo. But you know, there is players possibly out there, especially with the circumstances. Uh, uh, um, you know, in some of the mm. Juventus. Mm. Um, Barcelona, you know they're always trying to offload players. You know there is better quality available on short-term deals. So I was a bit surprised yeah. at how um, he was. He was quite open actually yeah. during the World Cup, Senag, about who he who he was going after and like alluding to January being a chance to actually get someone in. So maybe there is maybe maybe there is someone else that he's after who, who he thinks he could get. Um, it is a gamble though, like Stu yeah, said, because well, it's. We haven't. If you look at the goals in the league, we've, we're pretty low down. I mean, I think yeah. Newcastle are on plus twenty. We're hovering around zero, oh, aren't we? Plus, silly, plus yeah. one, maybe two. Exactly. Yeah. We're miles behind, yeah. and we have been for years. Mm. But just going back quickly to whether you, you know, whether you're talking about a striker, a defender, any, you know, we could probably we could, we could quite easily maybe name ten players who have maybe surprised us or who've had a really good World mm. Cup. Probably the main one would be Matt McAllister from Brighton. How much? How much is he? How much? Yeah, how much? How much is his value shot up yeah. since you know a month ago? Yeah. You know, is he a hundred million pound player now? And I'm always wary about getting after the World Cup. That's as what well. I mean. Oh, you know, after a Euro, if you'd, if you'd have bought him, before. if you'd have bought him in August, he was probably a 40, 50 million pound <laughs> player. He's probably double that now. So yeah. you know, there's lots of players out there, and obviously strikers obviously always fetch more money anyway. So you would be talking stupid money for whoever it was. Yeah, definitely. We shall see. Anyway, no. Um, thanks to everybody that bought the mag. Um, we are going to just do a quick round of man of the matches, Stuart. Uh, I think for just how calm he is and uh, slotted into a position, he doesn't really play Casemiro for me. Yeah, Casemiro was outstanding tonight. With some of them balls that he was putting over, it was they were 
ridiculous. I think we've got a full house because you know he was out of position and in my eyes he looked head and shoulders above everybody else on the pitch. So yeah, we've got a full house on Casemiro. Um, thanks to everybody that's bought the mag over the year. Um, we are back on the 27th of December at home to Nottingham Forest and we will um, also be three night games over the festive period which is a, um, a significant pain in the backside in it oh, yeah. But, but, um, yeah anyway Merry Christmas yeah Merry Christmas <laughs> to everybody and I hope you have a good um, break whatever you're doing cheers